0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's get after it. We're you're in 1 Corinthians 12, correct? How many of you are believing God you to learn something? Yes. Me too. <laughs> so believe with me cuz there'll be times when when the anointing's good and strong and the teachings come in, I'll say things and go, that was really good. <laughs> Where did it come from? And I learned something in the middle of it, you know. And if you listen real well and you hear something, you can come up to me afterwards and tell me, and I'll learn something that I didn't know before. Amen. And some people are like, really? Yeah, really. You know, I heard a minister say this one time. He said, uh, and I'm not going to get off on a rabbit trail here, but he said he was in a meeting one time. And he was teaching along, and, and he got done, and somebody came up to him and said, man, that was such good teaching. And he said, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me when you were saying this. And he goes, he goes, what? What did he say? And he goes, this is what he said. He said, say that again. And he got his notebook out. The preacher did. Why? Because he was learning from the Holy Spirit. Amen? uh, In someone else. So we can learn from each other in this. Uh, And we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but specifically not quenching the Spirit. So I want to read my introduction again, because it's been a couple of weeks, and we've had holidays, and we still got a couple here, that, or at least one that we're dealing with. Um, And so sometimes people's minds get so cluttered with other things, we kind of forget where we were. So I just want to review a little bit. The Scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21... We are told, do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good. From these passages of Scripture, we can readily see that the Lord does not want us to be in the dark when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in His church today. Jesus told us in the book of John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18, that He would be leaving, but that He would send us another helper, the Holy Spirit. Many in the church today do not understand or have limited understanding of the operation of the Holy Spirit. And it's because of lack of teaching. In this series, we are going to discover from the scriptures the importance of a Holy Spirit-filled church. We are a Spirit-filled church. And sometimes people, you, you get different uh Uh, understandings of what that means, but it's a a scriptural principle. Paul said, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And in the Greek, there's a play on the words, and it actually says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So just how a drunk person has to drink wine over and over to stay drunk, you, in order to stay full, have to drink Holy Ghost over and over and over again. Do you see that? That's the play that's on there. So we're a spirit-filled church, a church that has knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit, a church that lives in intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit and senses His promptings ministering to the church and the world around them. As we come together, let's desire, discover, and develop in the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Through this series, please take time to read 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 over and over again. Wait on the Lord in prayer and meditation over these verses. As we will see, the prophet of the church depends on whether we do this or not. Now, when you think the prophet of the church, you can't just think in terms of the preacher better do his job, otherwise the church won't grow. You need to think we better do our job, otherwise the church won't grow. Amen? Amen. Okay, and we'll, we're going to look at this pretty heavily tonight. That's my, that's my goal um, as far as, as what the responsibility of each church member is. Now, there's no pressure in this because you're born into it. <laughs> How many, when you were born into your family, you were like, whoa, there's a lot of pressure in this family to be who I'm supposed to be. Not when you were born in. Now, I know pressure can come later, I understand that, if there's some sort of, you know, uh, idea about your family or so you come from, you know, maybe, you know, you're a royal prince and we don't know it, you know, and you're hiding out here. That only happens in Hallmark movies. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, there's no pressure because we're born into the spirit. We're born through this. When you got born again, you became new on the inside. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number 17 says, if any man Being Christ, he or she is a new what? Creation. A new creation. And the scripture goes on to actually say in verse 18, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it says, all things are of God. So notice when you were born again, you didn't get a demon. You got Holy Spirit. I love the way Andrew Womack says it. He says it this way. He says, one-third of you is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. Now, the problem areas that we all have is the other two-thirds. Okay? And so that's the part that's going to fight with you concerning what we're talking about. But we, we, not only me, I have to extend faith in bringing the message because I'm going to teach on things tonight I've never taught on before. I never I've never even tried to look at it. Have you ever looked at a Bible subject and you thought, eh, I'll go somewhere else. How many know it's easy to go back to what you know? Okay? But in order for us to grow and expand, we have to think differently. And in order to think differently, there has to be a transformation that takes place in our mind. There has to be a renewal of our thinking, and that's what we're doing with the Word of God. I'm not going to try and do it. I don't have the power, but I know where the power source is. Amen? And so the way this Word will transform my thinking, it transforms yours as well. So say this with me, I'll get it by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. All right, so the purpose here is to strengthen the church, our church specifically, in understanding and cooperating with the move of the Holy Spirit decently and in order. Learning and doing this covers two points in the church's vision. We have a four-part vision to the church, but there are two points. One of them that, that really fit here. One of them is come to grow in your relationship with God's love or with God through life in Christ. This is part of growing. And then the other has come, come to discover, develop, and serve through life in Christ. You you don't realize this, but the gifts of the Spirit are actually for to flow through you to profit somebody else. Amen. That's why they're given, and people say, well, you know, I'm not really spiritual. Trust me, the gifts of the Spirit were operating at a high level, an organized level, but at a high level in one of the most carnal churches that we know of in Scripture, recorded in Scripture, the Corinthian church. They were one of the most carnal bunches. I mean, Paul had to deal with all sorts of stuff. But if you understand the history of the Corinthian church, what they came out of, it's understandable that they needed their minds renewed and that demons were running rampant, causing problems in the church in that day. They worshiped Diana. Anybody ever met Diana? I mean, a different Diana than the one you know. (laughs) Diana was the goddess of fertility. And they worshiped. They had temple prostitutes. Their worship was everybody met at the temple and had sex with one another. And the prostitutes. They considered marriage for procreation, and their religion was for entertainment. And people think, we got it bad today. You know, there's like, it's worse than it's ever been. Actually, we just have a little more technology. It's always been this bad. There's a few more people on the planet, so it feels worse. But really, ultimately, they had the same stuff back then. They had the same perversions back then that they do today. You say, why do you think that is? Same devil, same flesh. Yeah. Same willing humans to participate. Because even sin is entertaining and fun for what? A season, until you get a harvest. The planting season is woohoo! The harvest season is, oh God. How many have recognized that before in your life? Okay, I'll raise both hands. So we're learning how to flow with the Holy Spirit in this, and we need to develop in these things. Uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit said to me was this. He said, if it was, if it was not important to the Lord, why would He dedicate... If this move of the Spirit was not important to the Lord, why would He dedicate this whole chapter in the Scripture to it? It's very important to the Lord. Which means if it's important to the Lord, it's important to Who? us, right? Because it's important to him. Since this is found in scripture, it means that the Lord sees it as important for a church to have as a part of its culture. This is important to have as a church, as a part of the church's culture. You know, we talk about, there are all sorts of words that are thrown around in the church world today um, uh, that is uh, what I call Christianese, There are things that ways of saying things. They develop ways of saying things. This is what we want in our church culture. This is what we want in our, you know, and they're using secular terms um, that really they probably stole from the Bible and then kind of twisted them around. But anyway, they're using those terms to try and set a mind, a way of thinking in the church. Well, this is our way of thinking. So I know churches that say, no, no, Holy Spirit doesn't move except for in small groups and small rooms. Only the church at Corinth was massive, and I'm pretty sure they didn't have small rooms. <laughs> you know, I know they had small groups because they met from house to house at times, but, but that's not what the scripture tells us here. The Lord wants this as a part of a culture. The, the struggle that goes, and I get it, goes through the minister's mind when you hear something like that is simply this. How am I going to control this? My thought always is we need to be decently in order but I do not entertain the idea that I'm controlling everybody that's in this room nor am I going to try Now I will have and hold order in the service but I'm not going home with you I'm not going to I'm not going to go with you and go through your rooms and go you need to clean that up <laughs> You didn't make your bed this morning you need to make your... I do that with my kids but I'm, I won't do that with you. you got to do that for you, amen? Well, spiritually, it's very similar. If you're going to have intimacy with the Lord, I can't make you do it. you got to choose to do it. Now, I can decide to do it myself, but I will say this. The level that this church goes to is not all dependent on the leadership. There is a strong dependence on the leadership. If I remain spiritually immature, it affects the body, Because I'm the the pastor, I'm the gift that comes through to this place. But if I grow up and you all stay immature, then it affects the body. Amen. Okay. So we gotta keep that in mind. Because a lot of times people think, well, no, I just I just come to church. And I would say, you are the church. Be aware. You have a response. See, here's the thing. People think, well, you know, uh, ministers are going to be judged more strictly. I'll agree with you. That's what the scripture says. They are. But that doesn't mean you won't be judged. (laughs) I love it. We're we're having so much fun. Or maybe I'm having fun. Okay, so (laughs) the reality is, and I love what Lester Summerall said. He said he lived every day for the day that he was going to stand before the Lord. Now, you're living is going to look different in in a general sense than mine. But your relationship with the Lord is your responsibility. Amen? And whether you grow or not, you can hear the best teaching in the world and still be Judas. I wonder if Judas heard good teaching. I wonder if the Spirit of God moved in the services where Jesus ministered that Judas was at. And he still rejected the teacher for the love of money. I know, that's, that's just sobering, isn't it? It'll, it'll calm you down a little bit in, 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 in thinking that, uh, that ju- everything's just okay. <laughs> no, he still missed it. So we got to watch out for that. we got to be aware of that. Paul put it this way. He said, test yourself to see that you're in the faith. Really, test myself. So what's the test? We go back to the Word, and we read the Word, and the Word goes, this is what the standard is. And we go, okay, where are we at? Okay, i got to come up to walking in what God's made me to be. Amen? And so we need to be aware of that. So in the last couple of weeks, we talked about many of the verses. Actually, we went through verses 1 through 7. And I'm not going to go through all those again just because we don't have time. I'm going to actually read verses 8 through 11. We're going to skip all of that. And then we're going to go down to verse 12, and then after we go through the rest of the chapter, which won't be tonight, but after we go through the rest of the chapter, we'll come back to verses 8 through 11, because I want you to see something of the importance of your responsibility to the rest of the body of Christ, okay? Your responsibility to the rest of the body of Christ, because this has to be built in us. We really like, and I went into this thinking this, we really like the gifts of the Spirit, and I do too. And I think we've had a lot of teaching on it. But the context of what is being expressed here in chapter 12 plays into those gifts and how they operate. Really, the gifts are only, well, what is it? Uh, um, Three verses? Four verses? The gifts are mentioned? Four verses? Right there in verses 8 through 11? The rest of the verses, outside of maybe the last three or four, all have to do with the importance of a body mentality. There are 31 verses in this chapter. So where are those gifts set in context? They're set in context of the importance of understanding that you and I are all interconnected in the Spirit. And we're going to see the importance of that. Amen? So verse 8 says this, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith or the gift of faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as what? He wills. Okay? So God loves diversity. We see that from this verse. But notice that the diversity all comes through one spirit. And we left off with this the last Wednesday we talked about it. God likes diversity, but he wants unity. He doesn't want uniformity. He wants unity. He loves to have diversity in expression. And we talked about a few things that I'm not going to get into right now, but let's skip down to verse number 12. For as the body is what one and has many members, or parts, but all the members of, the one, of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So what is Paul saying here? Let me read it to you in a, a different translation. It says this, the many members of the same body do not divide the oneness of the individual. The various gifts and workings of the Spirit of Christ find a beautiful similitude taken from the mutual dependence of the numerous parts of the human body. All the parts unite harmoniously into one whole. The Spirit of Christ is one Spirit. Although His workings in each one of us may seem different, there is no distraction from His oneness in us. Now watch this. Stick with me here. You've got to use your faith with me. As Paul considers the operation of these manifestations of the Spirit within the church, he is moved to think of the operation of the church itself. The analogy used is that of the body with many functions. He is moved to consider the church as the body of Christ. He notes in comparison that the body is single, but has what? Many parts. Is your body one? But it has all these different parts. Now we're going to see this because what we're going to see is, as we move forward, you're going to see that there are no unimportant parts in the body. Just as your body functions as a unit and functions at its highest and best, when every part of your body is functioning correctly, correctly, so is the body of Christ. Do you see that? That's verse 12. We just explained verse 12 to you, okay? So do you see that? There are many parts, but everybody, and this is where it starts to break down, each one of us is an individual part. So if my big toe decided not to work, is it going to affect the rest of my body? How many have experienced something like this? All right, let me ask you this. I'll, I'll, get, I'll use my own uh, body as an example. I have a tooth that's gone back here. It, I had a, a one put in, uh, what do you call it, drilled in, what, what, anyway, it's an implant. Yeah, that thing. And my body said, nope, and it kicked it out. It decided, no, I don't want that anymore. So they go in, they clean it out, and they put bone in there, right? They put a bone, what, a graft, Right? It basically looked like paste to me, but it was bone and it grew back together. Well, I never, I haven't got the tooth put back in. Do you know I notice that when I eat? So as as a member of the body of Christ, if I'm or you are not in your place, as the body as a whole moves forward, will it notice it? Come on, you're getting it now. The Holy Ghost, you're seeing it. And we're going to get into it more. It gets more detailed. How many have found the furniture with your pinky toe in the dark? Does the rest of your body know? (laughs) The rest of your body does what? No! (laughs) It all goes to that toe. How much more in the body of Christ? See, we have to understand this. We each need to be praying for our church. Come on. Come on, we believe in prayer. We're word of faithers. We believe the word. But do we do what we believe? Because you really don't believe it unless you're doing it. Amen? Now, we're all going to make adjustments in this, so there's no condemnation, okay? That's not my goal. My goal is to encourage you, strengthen you, build you up in this area. If we need a rebuke every once in a while, that's good. We should do that. But my goal here is for you to see the importance, and in seeing what God sees, you'll go, I want to do that, because it's your nature, because you're born again. So, these various parts cannot be separated from the one body. The same is true of Christ's body. Christ here means the body of Christ, for the person of Christ is not divided. Let's skip down to verse number 13 now. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into what? One body. Now watch this. Paul does a wonderful thing here by the Spirit of God. He separates out all the things we use to separate ourselves and 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 basically tells us that's no longer who you are. You're now one in Christ. So actually, I'm not Scottish. I'm Christish. It's not important where which uh, uh, piece of land my parents came from, or my my really well, yeah, just in general, my parents came from to end up where I'm at today. I, I should say this: it's not the most important. It's actually minor on the scale because on the scale of eternity, this is what's most important. Well, I can't help who I am because I'm German. That's not what Jesus said. (laughs) Well, you don't know the way I was raised, but I do know the way you were born again. Oh, that's so good I should write that down. (laughs) You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you came from the ghetto or you came from royalty. Unless you're born again, there is no new nature. So Paul says it. Let's look at the, first part, of the verse, first part of verse 13 again. For by one spirit we were, we were all baptized, we were all what? Immersed into what? One body. That means I'm one with Mike, Terry, Susan, Nate, Eli, Taylor. Come on. I could go down the list, so if I hurt Nate, I actually hurt, because we were all baptized into, well, you know, people tell me it's family first. Which one? And what if your natural family's wrong? Well, they're never wrong. How do you know? Are you going by the standard? Or your natural soul understanding of love? Oh, it's just great, isn't it? You know, and people say, oh, Jesus would never teach that. You're right. He never said. His family, his people, people came to him and said, your family's here. He said, these are my family. And they're like, oh, Jesus has lost it? He doesn't, he's gone so far over the edge, he doesn't even recognize who his mom is anymore. He thinks these people, he said, whoever does the will of my father in heaven, that is my mother, that is my brother, and that is my sister. Because we were all baptized into one body. Jesus concerning natural family actually said, "I came to separate a mother from her daughter-in-law." And you wouldn't think that would be that hard a lot of times. <laughs> you know, cuz that can be a tense place right there. Sometimes, you know. Not always. But it can but that's and and people hear that and they go, "Oh, oh no, 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 that, that would never happen." Oh, yeah. If your family looks at you and says, Jesus is not the only way, then you go, we separate on that. Now, I'm not saying you can't still be around your family. It depends on the situation, how toxic it is. But you understand what I'm saying? When it comes down to, if my family, if my own blood, it wouldn't matter if it was Heidi, if she came to me and said, I don't believe the Bible anymore, that's not for me, I'm sorry. I'm going to believe God for you, but I'm not leaving this. Because I was baptized into Christ long before I ever married her. Come on. People are like, I don't know, Sean. That sounds a little, it's only eternity at stake. I mean, I know we place our importance and we get our our thinking on natural things and we begin to build these ideas in our mind that are unscriptural and we need to go back and check. Well, this will help you get set free from generational curses. Well, I'm, I'm this way because my dad, except the problem is I got a new dad, and I was baptized into one spirit, into one body, and that body is Christ. And then he goes on to say, whether what, Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to what? What does it say? What's that word? All been made to, see I told you, you're supposed to drink, it's just new wine. (laughs) Uh, You're supposed to drink new wine, Paul said in Ephesians, be not drunk with wine, but be being filled or drink of a different spirit. This helped me tremendously, because I used to like to get high and drunk at the same time. And I thought, Lord, what are we going to replace with this? And he goes, here's some Holy Ghost. I went, oh, you got the good stuff. I found me a dealer. And it's paid for. (laughs) I'm like, Lord. And he goes, I know. And it's always open. The bar never closes. And it won't kill you. There is no hangover. If anything, there's a hang-up. You know what I mean? Not over. (laughs) In other words, it makes you feel better. The joy of the Lord and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Mirror Bible says it this way, For in, in one spirit we are all immersed into one body, Jew and Gentile alike. Whether we were slave or free is no longer relevant. We are all saturated in one spirit. We are drinking from the same fountain. So your brother may not, or your sister in the Lord, may not have the same skin tone as you, but it doesn't matter. Because Jew and Gentile, so Jew and every other race on the planet, that's what that means. That's what that says when you, when you say that. Because the Jews were the only people of God during that time. But, but, but Jesus came and said, ah, let's, uh, let's break the wall down, you want to? He came in and he did a better job than all the other countries in the world at removing walls. And he just removed them. And he said, everybody's welcome. But if I perceive concerning the Spirit based on Jew or Gentile, an external appearance, I actually stymie the ability of the Holy Spirit to flow through me in a gift to somebody who's a different skin tone than me. Trouble! Trouble! Well, so and so has short hair, so and so has long hair, so and so has no hair. Hey now. <laughs> well, I can only go and be a part of a church where they and then they name off natural things. And Paul says, No, 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 no. It doesn't matter about your background your foreground in the natural it doesn't matter what matters did you drink of the same spirit and if we have we're in one body well I'm a cowboy I can't hang out with you've just now cut yourself off from the ability of God to flow through you this is how the this is how the devil wins in churches and in the world he divides black lives matter But the truth of the matter is, red and yellow, blue and white, it's not blue and white, black and white, red and yellow, black and white, they are all what? Precious in his sight. If the church would just sing the Sunday school song they learned, they'd have their doctrine right. Well, I can't go to that kind of church because they do this. You can fellowship wherever the fountain is the fountain of God. I've been in native churches, talking about uh, Native American churches. I've been in really white churches, Episcopal white churches. And you know what? I found the Holy Ghost in both places. I found people who loved God in both places. You know, in, when I preached on the uh, uh, reservation before, you go there and preach, and they give you fry bread, and they give you star blankets. I still have it. Handmade, I go preach at a white church, and they go, you did good, and they shake your hand. But they both heard the Spirit of God, and I was able to fellowship with them. Even though in the native church, they played the electric guitar really loud. And in the, in the, in the more what we call white, it's not white church, but where all the, all the uh, pale people gathered... They were very stoic, you know, it wasn't a, there was no pounding on drums, or, but i get down in all of it. It doesn't matter to me. We're all drinking from the same fountain. It's not about the external, it's about the internal, the spirit of Christ within, amen? <laughs> verse number 14. Let me, let me read this. Actually, I don't want to skip this in verse 13. If unity and motivation are not understood concerning the gifts of the Spirit, then the effectiveness of the move will be greatly diminished. Believers are initiated into the body, meaning the church, by one Spirit or in one Spirit. This is the process of regeneration by the Holy Spirit according to Galatians 3.27. This work is accomplished regardless of station or place in life, Jew or Gentiles, Probably refers to the nationality and birth. Such hereditary matters do not influence or affect the work of God in our lives. They do not. He is available to whosoever will come. Bond or free refers to rank or position. God is no respecter of persons. He does not look down on social attainment, the economic status or the hereditary influence of people in people's lives. He looks on the heart. Representatives of all these were made to drink into one spirit. God pours out his spirit on all flesh according to Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10. It is is the one spirit who does all this, working, organizing, administrating, bringing about the effective work of Christ in believers' lives. The work of the one spirit brings a common bond to each life. This is why... It doesn't matter what your ethnic background is. It doesn't matter what your social status is. It doesn't matter uh, all of the natural things that people look at. They look at the external and they go, oh, I think I could like them or I think I could be friends with them. In the spirit, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will go, you're friends with this person. You're brothers and sisters with this person. I can fellowship with anybody. Why? That has the spirit of Christ within them. Why? Because we are born baptized into one spirit. It doesn't matter if you've never done a drug or if you have. I can still fellowship with you if you're born again. It doesn't matter if you were an axe murderer before you were saved or if you got saved like Heidi when she was like out of, just coming out of the womb and she never did anything wrong. It doesn't make any difference. The, the baptism is the spirit within, not the natural. <laughs> I think they had a priest there when she was born. and she just, She's like, yes, I receive. Thank you. Okay. the work of the spirit brings a common bond to each life there is a sense of unity with him and each other a sense of close contact and fellowship it's deep lasting and it's eternal when it is the spirit doing the work it produces certain specific results and fruit all the time What we're going to see through this process is that anybody can function in the gifts of the Spirit, but it's really preferred that why is he dealing with all this? Because spiritual maturity helps the move of the Spirit. When you're mature, you don't look at somebody who's a different color or age than you and go, well, I couldn't really minister to them because I'm this and they're that. You go, "Mm, Spirit of God, and he says, yes, I want you to say this. And you go and minister to your brother or sister, irrespective of how much money they make or don't make, what color their skin is, whether they have hair or don't. Come on. You, you, you go and minister. Whether they're, it, 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 None of those things matter anymore. Why? Because now we are one by the same Spirit that is within us. And if I have the Spirit of Christ within me, And Nate has the spirit of Christ in him. The spirit of Christ in me, the love that that I have for myself, the Lord has for me, is now extended where? I love him the way I... You're to love your neighbor as you love. Why? Because the same spirit's in you. You actually... In, now, specifically, in the body of Christ, you actually love the person you think you don't like. No matter what they did to you. You say, how could that be? It's super natural. Now, I didn't say you had to trust them. Because sometimes you know you got to watch them. Because there's the process of earning trust. I get that. But you actually do love them with the same love that the Lord has that operates and motivates Him because it's in you. Amen? Verse 14. Actually, yeah, we will get to verse 14, but I will say this. Verse 14 through 20 stress the importance of all members of the body as well as the necessary diversity that exists within the body. Even though the body is a unity, it is made up of many parts. We need to understand our role and not try to function in someone else's. This happens all the time in the body. You ever notice that? And people say, why does it happen? It's the same reason why it happens among children. It's the same reason why when your kids were young, they thought they knew more than you. You say, what does that mean? It's the issue of immaturity. If I'm an eye, does it do any good for me to try and sit and listen? Come on, think with me. If I'm a nose, should I be trying to see A mile away what if I did this I'll go check on that for you (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) I'm seeing it what are you seeing it with my nostrils (laughs) and I know that sounds funny and this is gonna be funny when we go through this as we continue because it is humorous but we do that this is where it begins to break down Know your place, know your grace, don't leave it, and try and stand in another one. How many want to see just God move radically? Then we have to learn this. We have to. There's no way around it. We have to learn it. All right, verse 14, then we'll end. Verse 14 says, for in fact, the body is not one member but what? Many. Uh, the New Living Translation says this, the body has many different parts, not just one part. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, we just need a lot of prophecy, and they're prophetic? We, it, prophecy is what, it's what, we, we need more prophecy. We need to prophesy. We need, to, we need more prophetic words. We need more prophecy. We need, no, the body is many parts. We need prophecy, but we need every single part. We need all of them to balance out. The Amplified says it this for the body it says it this way for the body does not consist of one limb or organ, but of many. The message says it this way. I want you to think about how all this makes you, sig- you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. <laughs> right? It is all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. When I understand, if I'm an eye and Nate's an ear, but I understand the value of the ear, I will do my part and be expressive with the eye portion, but I'll be silent and and honor the ear portion as well. Because how many know if I can't see a lion coming but he hears one, But if I can't hear and all I'm doing is, oh, no, we just need eyes, 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 all eyes. We just all need, we should all be one giant eyeball walking around. (laughs) We're in trouble if we're not or smelling or touching What if the hands say, oh, the feet are useless? We don't need feet. Who really needs feet anyway? I mean, people walk on their hands. Sounds humorous, but it's dangerous. The Passion Translation says this, in fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one body. The mirror says it this way, the individual member and its function do not define the body. I love this. Listen to this the body gives context to the individual member watch this your specific gifting does not define you christ defines you well this is my gift this is i'm my gift i got to develop my gift develop my gift you should develop your gift but not at the expense of you, who you are in christ see your gift will not my gift will not function without character Oh man, I could run. I could run. I could ju- I'm so excited about this because when you see this, you go, Oh God, show me who I am and you. And then from the place of revelation of knowledge of who you are, the gifting will explode the mercies of God into the rest of the body of Christ. You become a joint that connects a ligament that comes together. You become a supply of the Spirit to somebody who may have a lack of blood flow. Right? Here again we see the importance of having a mature mindset when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the operation in the church and their operation in the church. This is not just about one person and their gifts. This is about a body coming together and operating in love, with the understanding of our individual value as one part of a whole. Believers get into spiritual trouble when they begin to allow the giftings to allow giftings to become their identity. What if my identity was my office? Well, I'm a pastor. What do you do? I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. Can I ask you something? Is a general a general all the time? The general could be a father. He's a son. He could be an uncle. Or she could be an aunt. You understand what I'm saying? They could be a whole lot of things, but if their whole identity is in the fact that they stand in the office of a general, how many know that makes not always a good father? Or a husband? husband? Well, this is my whole identity. No, my identity. I love. The, I'm going to read the mirror one more time. Your specific gifting does not define you. Christ defines you. I am a child of God, born of the Spirit. The office I stand in, because of the Lord's grace, is pastor. And that gifting only works as effective as my relationship and my, the, what I've been born into, the family, d- the character develops as it should. They get gifting obsessed. I'm going to read this last part again. Believers get into spiritual trouble when they begin to allow giftings to become their identity. They get gifting obsessed instead of Christ-focused. You say this happens? especially in Pentecostal groups. Because we emphasize the gifts. But we should not emphasize it at the expense of your identity and where you were born. See, God values you not because of what you do for him. He values you because he's your, you're his child. You are in relationship with him first. Dad. Then the giftings can come like they're supposed to. This is a good parent. A good parent doesn't go, you know, the child's born, they're too like, get a suitcase, you know, you're gonna start earning your keep, you're gonna pay rent, you're gonna No, no, you develop the child first. You train them up in the character of what it means to be a whatever your family name is in this case, a Christian, and then as they develop in those things, then when it comes time for them to get a job, that nature comes forth through their gifting, and God gets the glory. Amen. I know this is so good. I can tell you guys are just taking it in. Instead of focusing on spiritual maturity and being a blessing to the body of Christ, people can focus on their gifts and demand special attention. You say, has that ever happened? (laughs) Yes. A lot. And And some of it, you know, we've created in the church. Uh, ministers have and I'm not blaming other ministers just in general you understand what I'm saying because we've I've watched I watched this happen uh years ago many times where people a person would come in with a gifting and the minister would see it and they have a need and they're like oh hurry I've been praying for you and they don't know the person the person hasn't been at the church that long they don't realize that that person has bounced from five other churches that wouldn't let them do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted to but they were gifted they could play the guitar. You say, have you ever done that? Oh, no, I'm perfect. I've never done Yes, I've done that. I've made that mistake. Why? Because I didn't run through the process like I should have. Does that make sense? I didn't run through the process like I should have. So, last thought here. The, the, this one body of Christ, which has been so established, has many members from many backgrounds, and each one is necessary and important so unless character is in place we can get ourselves into danger now I'm not saying I'm not implying to you that we're going to all have to be hundred percent mature in order for God to begin to use us because if that were the case he'd never use any of us like brother Hagen said that's not what I'm implying what I am implying is this, we need to develop spiritually so that the effectiveness of what we're doing increases to a higher and higher level. Do you understand what I mean by that? God is going, God, we're moving in, a, in, in the gifts and in development and in the development of this church step by step, plan by plan, steady, 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 steady as we go. But we need to be purposeful as the body of Christ to develop spiritually ourselves, so that as the Lord, I'll just put it to you like this: the closer you get to the Lord, flowing in the gifts of the Spirit will be like that. Yeah. It becomes so easy; it almost becomes like breathing. You just do it. You say, people sometimes say, "Well, how did you? How do you develop in in uh, in uh, <laughs> the world called public speaking?" You know, I've actually been in places where I did some public speaking outside of the church, and, I got, and it was a religious-type setting, and I did it, and I got done, and I've had people come up to me and go, you know, I teach Toastmasters. Toast Have you ever heard of Toastmasters? I don't even know what that is, but I, apparently it's a public speaking thing. Okay, so I gathered that much, and, they, and, he, and the, this gentleman said to me, he said, you're very good. Well, thanks. I've never toasted a master of anything. You say, How did you you develop? I got opportunity through people seeing character, recognizing a gift, and then they gave me opportunity. And how many know this? The longer you do it, I actually had a minister ask me one time. We were at there, he'd been in the ministry serving God for probably 20 years longer than I have. And he said, I still get nervous when I get up to speak. I do not. I don't. And I thought, wow. But you can so settle into who you are in him. And I, what do I know? Even if I don't have a thought in my mind, what do I know? I know God loves you. And he will speak to you if I just yield. And that's where my confidence lies. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.